This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Senior Leader and Vice President of Editorial Affairs and Chief Editorial Group Healthcare, Molly Gamble. Molly talks to us regularly about issues that she's watching in healthcare. Molly, let me tee it up and ask you, what are a couple of the key stories or trends that you're watching currently? Yeah, thanks, Scott. It's good to be back with you. I, I have one news story to speak to today for our listeners, but before I get to it and talk to it, I wanted to lay a bit of groundwork for why I found this story really interesting this week. Um, and Scott, when we talk about the newsroom and what we're doing on the media side at Becker's, you know, healthcare is workforce shortages. I mean, this topic and problem will be with us for a long, long time. And on the media side of things, anytime you have an issue that overarching and big and longstanding, it really tends to present some dilemmas for how you report on it daily. Um, when it challenges that big in scope, if you don't stay with it in the right ways, People can get desensitized to it. They can feel overwhelmed by it. They can even get bored with it if you don't keep things moving along. Um, so at, at Becker's, we, we've been spending a lot of time and energy thinking about how we really continue to get our arms around the workforce shortage in ways that really serve our readers. And one big tenet that's come through based on what we've heard from executives is just a bias toward action and problem solving. You know, leaders are well aware of the existing problems today. So what's being done to solve them? And this week we had the opportunity to answer that question in one way uh, with some news from about a dozen different health systems throughout the country who are working in partnership now with their local public school systems and Bloomberg Philanthropies. So a really interesting private-public partnership formed here with, with three groups. Uh, and what they'll be doing is forming their own high schools devoted to healthcare education. Um, Bloomberg is putting $250 million behind this cause. The high schools will be in 10 urban and rural areas. And I think, Scott, you know, what's really key here from my discussions with people involved in this effort is that it's not just like the health systems are simply affiliating with these schools or sponsoring a few scholarships. The health systems will be building the curriculum, picking the disciplines for the students to study. And then they've also made a commitment to give them on-site learning, internships, and then graduates will basically, they will be they're committed to hiring the graduates um, that's, that fit requirements. So they'll be focused on some in-demand jobs like surgical techs, radiology techs, respiratory, respiratory therapists. And then if students, after they graduate, want to continue on to post-secondary education, they, they can absolutely do so. If they do go straight to work at these health systems, the health systems will then subsidize the tuition for students' um, ongoing part-time or, or full-time education. So Scott, kind of some interesting news. First of its kind partnership we're seeing, public-private, like I said, and also kind of brings in that philanthropy angle, which I know you and I have talked about in the past on this podcast and in an article. So um, let me let me pause there and, and see what you have to say. I also have some other commentary if helpful so readers can really get a full sense of what this entails. No, it, it, thank you very much. I mean, this is an issue. It's, it's one of the things that happens with the workforce shortage. I, I do feel like there is two different types of boiling, boiling points or three. There's a boiling point 
in staffing health systems and staffing systems that health systems and practices and everybody else feels. That's a boiling point that's already there for many health systems as they end up closing certain units and trying to find ways to make things work with the headcount they have. There's a totally separate boiling point that happens with consumers. And, and one of my great fears is that boiling point happens when people can't get access to the health care they think they need, whether it's to a specialist, a primary care physician, somebody else. And you could divide this in our country to so many ways, because so many people would hear that and say, well, if you're in the inner city or if you're in rural communities, that boiling point has already hit. One of the challenges is for Congress and politicians to take action on this, and for example, simply fund more residency spots as a simple example, because we all know we need them. It's not until their family members, that privileged political class, starts having trouble getting access to a rheumatologist, to a neurologist, to a psychiatrist, to whatever, till they feel the pain like the rest of us feel it. And I think one of the great challenges with the workforce challenges, I mean, there are so many things that are so clear as day to some of us. You know, yes, we need to change work models to rely less on the most highly licensed people. Fair enough. But in terms of that ability to do that, what we also need more than anything is more doctors, nurses, healthcare workers to care for a 330 million person country that's growing and aging. And, and my fear is we've always solved that through developing more doctors and importing more doctors, but that that urgency that some of us feel and that boiling point that health systems feel already, that our most privileged leaders that make these decisions don't feel because they're immune to so much of it. So I think it doesn't cause the amount of urgency that it should have. Uh, because we know at the end of the day, it's a it's a long-term problem to solve, too. And the largest countries in the world that haven't solved it have periodical horrible debacles with health care. And we don't want that. Molly, let me turn it back to you. I think that's such a great point. The the urgency, sometimes it's just, it's confounding. Like you have so many different data points and anecdotes coming from, like you said, urban, rural areas. It's been longstanding, a problem there with access, wait times going up. Um, every now and then, even personally, I'm sure you have experiences where it just really sends a shockwave through you when you realize how bad the situation is getting. But I think, Scott, you said something really important, which is that Congress, lawmakers, there's probably some connections there or privilege, and they're sitting in a position where maybe this isn't as painful for them and it's slowing them down a bit. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if public-private partnerships, I mean, this it, it's a very interesting effort here. I'm, I'm very intrigued by it and invested in what will occur with it. But I should say these 10 schools at capacity, they'll have 6,000 students. So I think there's a lot here that maybe will be worth replicating or, or you know, others, it's a model that others might be interested in. Um, these health systems are greatly excited about it and they'll be playing a big hand in, in shaping the curriculum and working with the public school system. You know, the Bloomberg Philanthropies putting up the money to, to um, back these schools. But I also think it, even in covering this, when you keep running into the same problems and they're getting worse and there's just a lot of short-term band-aids, sometimes something like this, even to reporters like us, it's like, oh, some creative 
thinking, some new problem solving, some people that are trying to do things differently, um, you, you can really start to crave that. So uh, I, I just wanted to caveat that. The Northwell School, for example, that's going to be a new school in Queens. It'll be focused on diagnostic medicine, physical therapy, mental health, nursing. I should mention, Scott, some of the other systems involved here, um, Mass General Brigham, Atrium, Baylor Scott and White, Duke, Memorial Hermann, Ballad, CHOP, and U of Alabama. And then in Nashville, you've got a group of four systems. So that's HCA, Vanderbilt, Ascension, and the National Healthcare Corporation. Um, so these are the health systems that will be working on those 10 schools. M more details about them will be available in coming weeks, You know when they'll open, uh, the, the launch date for them. Some of these are new schools. Some of them are already established that will just be repurposed and redesigned. Um, but nonetheless, something I found interesting, I, I'm with you, it's a big, big problem. It's going to take a lot of different types of solutions, but at least this was a example of people coming around the table and trying to act on it. Yeah, no, I think that's fascinating. I think, obviously, there's just such a need for action in this. And so any way that we get going on it and urgency to get going on it, the better. I, I, I do think it's a, it's a complicated issue. And I, I do think there is this great mix of more people in all these positions plus changes in how we deliver care to help solve the problem. But I don't want to trust just the changes in how we deliver care. Like, for example, China and India tried to move towards hardcore preventive care because they just don't have enough doctors and nurses. And that turned out during COVID to be a complete disaster for those countries. So I don't think the answer is to completely go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And then related to that, it's a little different, but I remember – I don't know, about 10 years ago, like we looked, some people, not not we, but some people in the U.S. would look to the U.K. and their universal system as something to aspire to. And then lately, what you've seen out of the U.K. Um, has been the opposite of promising and something to aspire to. So I, I think you're right, Scott. You've got some, some really great points here. And I think hopefully this year at Beckers, we're trying to make sure we stay focused on the action and, and not just beating the drum of the same problem. Because you see this all the time in media. It's like similar to climate change or violence or poverty. Like some of these issues, if you don't get to a point where things are being done, um, people can just start to really easily tune you out. I mean, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. No, I think that's I think that's right on. Um, Molly, I think so many interesting things here. I, I, I want to wrap up for today, but I think this issue of how we deal with workforce, I think your point on this is, is so true. It's a constant, constant issue, and looks like it'll be a constant issue for many, many years. Uh, I mean, there are things that could change it. You could have a tremendously softening economy that leads people back to these jobs, but the remote work environment, so many of these have made this a, a, a structural challenge for many years to come. But your point is so interesting, is how do you keep that interesting from a news perspective mm -hmm. until there's a disaster? And I guess the disaster is you've got 500,000 people in an area in, in Texas, and there's one neurologist. You've got 500,000 people in northern Minnesota, and there's one dermatologist. Like sooner or later, that dermatologist is gone. You know, people try and solve with their telehealth, all kinds of other things, but things that won't be nearly as satisfying or effective as how we deliver care now. So fascinating. And a lot of this will be done by necessity for other ways to deliver care. But at some point, that urgency boils slowly until you're boiled. And then, oh, my God, we got to fix it. And, and then we're then it's late. But uh, right. thank you, Molly, very much. I, I love this conversation. And I love your point. And how do you keep these long-term issues interesting from a newsroom perspective? I think just fascinating. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Scott. 
It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.